stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's associate stock strategist, Derek Lewis, to talk about how to use Zach's stock picking strategies, specifically the Zach's rank. I've talked about the rank many times on the podcast, and I kind of throw it around a lot on on both of my podcasts, especially the value investor, especially when I'm running screens. And some of you might be like, what is this Zach's rank thing? Um, because I haven't talked about it or explained it in a while. So I invited Derek to come on this week's episode. It's on both audio and video. So we are going to show where we find like some secret uh, links and areas to look around that are free on the Zach's website where you can get some access to some interesting strategies and things on, on Zach's.com. But I invited Derek because he's a relative newbie at Zach's and I was wondering how was the rank working for him? What was he noticing about the website that he thought was cool and useful for investors, new and old? And so welcome, Derek. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, Tracy. It's nice to be here. Yeah, um, the Zach's rank, it's uh, when you first take a look at it, you take a few glances at it, it seems a little bit overwhelming, potentially. Um, but once you drill down into it and take a look of what consists of inside of it, um, it makes it a lot easier to understand. And it's a very powerful tool to use, as I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so uh, Derek and I kind of did a run through of this podcast before we actually did the podcast because I didn't know all of his his tips and tricks of the Zax.com website. And I've been at Zax for 15 years, so I kind of thought I knew what was going on with the website. But no, Derek schooled me real quick on some of the cool features that I wasn't even aware of on the website. So I'm excited to do this podcast to show all of you um, you know, what is the Zax rank? Where where can you find it on the website? Even if you don't have a Zax premium, uh, you can still get some access to it. And just some other cool features that could help you in your stock investing and that you might not know exist. So I wanted to start with just the basics on the Zax.com website. So it is Zacks, Z-A-C-K-S.com, in case you weren't familiar. A lot of people leave off that C. They try to do Z-A-K, but no, there is a C in there, so it's Z-A-C-K-S.com. And when you go on there, it looks like there's just a lot of information everywhere, but we wanted to start off by talking a little bit about what the main strategy is. It is the Zach's rank. And the rank, um, it, people get confused about it when they first hear about it because they think all of us here at Zach's are sitting there putting together the rank. I don't know if you thought that, Derek, when you first um, started working here or even when you first went to our website but the rank is computer generated. It's an algorithm. It runs almost every day. I think there's one day a week. It doesn't run like on the weekends, but uh, the rank can change daily. 
And what it measures is the changes in analyst estimates is the basics of it. And so that's why it can change daily because analysts are constantly, you know, cutting or updating or whatever they're doing to various uh, estimates on the companies. And those estimates are not done here at SACS either. Those estimates are from the analysts that are out there at the various brokerages. So when you hear, oh, the Goldman Sachs analysts upgraded, you know, Microsoft yesterday, that's the kind of thing that would show up in um, on SACS.com. Those are the analyst estimates. If, if they cut it or if they raised it, that's the change that shows up on Zax.com. So uh, that's a super powerful tool. The rank is done on well over 4,000 stocks. And uh, the number ones, which is the top rank, it's the strong buy, is usually around 230 to 240 stocks on any given day. So you can see what an exclusive club that is if you only have about 240 with that top rank. And what gets you the top rank? Well, something good better be going on. It should usually mean that the analysts are raising their earnings estimates. And then that shows up where a bunch of analysts are raising, the uh, Zach's consensus starts to rise, and the algorithm believes that's a very good thing. And history has shown over all the decades that we've run the Zach's rank here at Zach's that that is a very powerful signal when the earnings estimates are on the rise and numerous analysts are raising them at the same time. So uh, you can find out a lot of, about the estimates just by putting in a ticker on Zax.com. But I wanted to share with you one little secret of uh, this, like, this is the most obvious one. I didn't even need to have Derek, you know, tell me all of his secrets for this one. So when you're on Zax.com, I'm scrolling down on Zax.com right now. And featured down a little bit uh, below those uh, kind of articles about, you know, what's happening in various stocks is a featured Zach's rank stock. And under it is the bull of the day and the bear of the day. And um, the bull of the day is the number one rank. The bear is the number five, the strong sell. And we put out a new stock here, uh, you know, every Day the market is open, basically. So five days a week, we're putting out a new stock there. So if you just want to kind of take a look at a Zach's number one rank, you can, even if you have no, uh, you know, subscription at all to Zach's, you can always find these right on our website. Also, right underneath it, it does give some other information um, just on a couple of the top movers of the Zach's rank you can see here. Um, and then it gives the additions. There's a few that are, have been added there to see these lists of new, all Zach's number one rank strong buys. Usually you have to have a premium subscription to get that. So um, since this, this podcast is all about what's free and what you can find out, um, I am not going to click on any of those. So even right there, you're getting a lot of access to the Zach's rank and what's going on with the Zach's rank, um, you know, without having any kind of subscription. Now, another area that Derek and I um, have 
at least I have used, is in the screening tool. So up at the top of Zax.com, there's a bunch of buttons. So that's where you can find the podcast, by the way. You can see the podcast button right there. But it also has screening. And if you click on that, it brings down um, a bunch of other links including stock screeners. So I'm going to that right now on the video podcast here. And it's bringing up um, just the screening tool that you can use. This is all free. But what I like to click on is this green button right here next to my screen that just says predefined. If you click on that, you'll see two buttons at the uh, bottom of that that says basic and then the premium. That little Zach's logo next to the premium means it is premium. And I just clicked on it and it says premium content. So that means you have to be a premium subscriber to get those screens. And I use those screens a lot on the Value Investor Podcast. But the basic button over here um, is just basic and there's no little thing next to it. So I'm clicking on that and I can see um, a bunch of screens. These are just basic, but still somewhere to start. And some of these, although Derek and I were kind of looking through them, some have the rank in them, some do not because the rank is more of a premium thing. So you have to, uh, you know, it's more exclusive. Let's put it that way. But we were looking through these ahead of time and there was at least one of them, right, Derek, that had um, the rank in them. I, I don't remember, maybe it was this high beta stocks. There was a one or two of them down here that had, had the rank in them. So not all of them will have the rank, but either way, these screens are still great tool if you just want some basics and you can look through these and see if any of these are using the rank in them. But you can see kind of in the description there, like the value one says classic value with growth. And it just says find stocks with attractive valuations, including PE, PEG, price to sales while having positive earnings growth history and future expected growth. But if I run the screen, why not? Let's run it. Um, yeah, this is what uh, we saw when we were kind of looking at these. You can see the screen here. It's giving me 61 matches. Wow. Um, but I'm not seeing, but let me scroll over if there's any kind of rank. No, does not have the Zach's rank included in this one. Has price to book, price to sales, peg ratio, PE, this year's estimated growth and the five-year historical EPS growth. And then it gives the tickers. So this one doesn't have it, but again, it's always nice to just kind of look around at these predefined screens. I find it to be fun, but maybe I'm weird. I don't know, Derek, do you ever, you know, use any predefined screens yourself? Oh yeah. Um, the screening, uh, is a very powerful tool. Um, it's one of the main things I would say I would use within the website whenever I really want to look at uh, any stock that I think, uh, you know, trying to screen out, you know, sales growth, earnings growth, uh, valuation, any of that stuff, you can do it perfectly on there. And then the uh, premium screens, um, I encourage anyone who does have a premium subscription to use um, those screens because um, the stocks that they produce are really solid and it, they've got great, you know, metrics and there's all kinds of good stuff to find on there. So yes, the I utilize the screens very often. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, all the time. So that's a good little secret, a little tidbit. If you're, you know, just wondering where you can find a lot of good information on sax.com, 
um, either premium, if you are a premium, or just through this basic. Um, so, Derek, let's talk about your your secret area that I had no idea existed. We were kind of talking about, you know, how to use the rank. Um, and then Derek revealed to me that he likes to look at the sectors because we do have industry and sector ranks. And then he starts talking about the heat map. And I was like, what heat map? So on the top buttons, there is the, there's the home button on the far left. And then it, there's the stock button. So I'm clicking over the stock button and it gives stocks, Zach's number one rank, Zach's rank, Zach's industry rank, Zach's sector rank, equity research and markets. And so Derek, why don't you just tell us like what, where we should go if we want to do the sectors. Yeah. So what you want to do is scroll down there on that little drop down menu and click on Zach's sector rank. And then once you click on that, it'll bring you to a page that um, we have 16 sectors here at Zach's. It's a little different from the typical, um, but we have 16. And so it ranks all of the sectors numerically one through 16. And um, it essentially tells you uh, which ones have seen positive earnings estimate revision. So for example, uh, the oils and energy sector, it's been seeing a lot of positive revisions recently with the climb in the oil. So it sits at one. You can see last week it was at one. You know, you can see how many positive revisions have been in within that sector and same with the negative. And then Tracy, if you click over there on heat map on the second heat tab map. right below sectors. Okay. Yes. That is like a, below the sector thing. There's a bunch of buttons up yes. there and it, it does say heat map. This is what I did not know we even had. Ooh, so that's fancy. So what is this telling us? Yeah. So this is a, I'm a visual learner. So it, it kind of breaks it down from a, a top down for, for me pretty much. So you can see right there, um, oils and energy if you click over there, Tracy, uh, it looks like September 2nd, it was ranked number 15th, a little bit more to the right, Tracy. Yeah. And then as the positive revisions kept coming in, you can see the next week it jumped up to number 10, which is still not great. And then you can see it fell back to 11, nine, hovered around there a little bit. And then finally it jumped up to three beginning of October and it's stayed there since because the revisions haven't changed. And then the same thing, you can see it for pretty much all of the sectors. It kind of just gives you a, a nice visual, a top-down view of where things have been and like how what, what how sentiment is, so to say, like what analysts are seeing, you know, if their revisions are following through or not. Okay, so I scrolled down the screen a little bit because we can't fit all 16 sectors in there without scrolling down a bit. And at the very bottom is the transportation sector. It is the 16th, so it's ranking the 16th there. Um, and then it's red across the board. Obviously, red is always kind of means like stop, it's bad. <laughs> um, so all of these at the bottom look kind of bad. Is that what it means? Yep, like exactly. it's not good. Essentially, it's uh, they've just suffered negative earnings estimate revisions, which is of course uh, ne never good because it's probably going to follow through and share performance. And I think a good example of uh, the oils and energy sector being number one is just you know the follow through and share performance. You know, over the last month or so, energy stocks have been hot, and I think this map visualizes that pretty well. 
That's kind of dramatic though, isn't it? Or I don't know, maybe it's not to go from 15. So that's almost at the very bottom in the start of September. So that means the analysts were mostly cutting the estimates back then. And now it's at the very top where they're raising them. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah, no, it's definitely a massive jump and it's, it's more or less reflective of the volatile nature, I would say, within the sector because it's just, you know, it can be affected by geopolitical concerns, um, really just a lot of different factors. Yeah. Um, a couple other interesting ones on this list, like business services. This has been like mostly red and not looking real good either. And then suddenly it jumped up to number six. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. So you can see there at the beginning of September, it just hovered around 10, 11, 12, 10, 9, 9. And then finally, we got a little bit of positive revisions, which, you know, it jumped it up to a six. And if you uh, click the plus arrow beside any of those uh, sectors, it'll break it down into like an industry standpoint too. I tried the business services one just because I'm curious. Yeah. And uh, the, you'll notice that there's a lot of different industries at Zaxx. I think there's 251 in total. Um, so it's this is a little, this is very specific whenever you start to drill down here. But um, it still gives you uh, a decent view of you know what industry within that sector is doing well currently. Yeah, this is interesting. I'm, I'm seeing like down at the bottom, staffing firms. And I'm assuming does 18, does that mean we have 18 of them? Correct. 18 are yes. in that group. Okay. So 18 mm -hmm. staffing firms and it's this industry rank is, it's all red all the way across, but it has improved from 219 to 171. So that's at least going in the right direction, but that's, that's pretty far down, down the rank there. That's not even top 50 for sure. That's in the bottom 50% of the industry ranks. Um, but then on the flip side, you have, you know, consulting looking pretty green. So something good is going on there. And then these other ones, business office, government services, but there's only three companies in both of those. Yeah. That's why it's a, I don't, I don't like to utilize the industry heat maps as often as like the big sector, um, maps because it's a little too specific for my taste. Um, but I, I do think it, there's some value there if you want to you know, look at uh, drillers, let's say for oil or something like that. It's definitely useful there. But if you just want a quick snapshot of, you know, what analysts, what pockets of the market analysts think are good right now, the sector heat maps uh, visualize that pretty well. So I just clicked on the finance category because I am kind of curious, like where, what do they do with the banks in there? So you can see as I scroll down, there's like banks Southwest, banks Southeast, banks Northeast, major banks, like it's each individual one, but this could be kind of helpful in the banks, at least if you are kind of wondering, oh, is, is the big guys doing better than, you know, the community banks or that kind of thing on where they stand on, you know, revisions and all of that. And so it, you know, but you definitely, as you just mentioned, you're, it's a little bit trickier on the industry side um, to drill down. Look at all these foreign banks, 63 we have. I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see how many different industries we have. And it's. And I think the finance one is really interesting in particular, because like you said, it has banks from the Northeast, Southwest, you know, pretty much every region. And then we have um, an industry for the major banks, which, you know, JP Morgan city and stuff like that. So 
you know, in different sectors, I think the, uh, the industry heat maps could be useful. Um, but it's, uh, definitely not applicable to all sectors. I don't believe. No, no, not at all. Um, I am going to just click on the transportation real quick, just to kind of see what's going on there since they're at the very bottom. And, um, you know, again, it's like all these different categories. You're going to have airlines, you're going to have, this one says services, you're going to have rail, um, truck is one in the industry shipping. Then we have equipment and leasing, air freight and cargo. So some of these are looking not so great either versus others, but that's why you're looking at it, right? To get, to get an idea of where, you know, who is seeing estimate revisions higher and who isn't. Yeah, it's just, it's a visual thing for me. I think I mentioned that a little earlier, but um, if I pretty much, I see green, I know it's good. If I see red, I know things, things may not be. So it's just a quick, you know, bang, bang for me to look at and, you know, be able to tell. No, that's why I think it is interesting. Um, so again, like to get here, go to the stocks link at the top, click on the sector, or if you want to do the industry, there is an industry one too. And then once you're on the the sector rank, then there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six buttons there, seven buttons. Um, and there's one that just says heat map. And so click on that and it'll take you right there. Okay. Um, another area is something you uh, pointed out to me that I also thought was very good, like on a visual basis and really shows you what's going on with the earnings itself. Now I've always used the Zach's, uh, price and consensus charts to kind of visually see what's going on with the earnings, but you pointed out a better way to do it. Although I still do love those charts. And so, um, let's, let's, uh, take some stock examples to show people what else they can discover if they're using the stacks.com and the rank and just getting some of this information out of the site. So let's start with the bank. Let's start with um, JP Morgan because they've already reported and everybody knows them and they're easy. So I'm putting them in the ticker box. I'm bringing it up. Um, they have a number one rank. So right there is interesting from a rank perspective. But, um, okay, so you were telling me there is like this other area that you use. Am I, am I going in the right direction to find? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And if you scrolling down a little bit further, it's about halfway through the middle of the page, I believe. Research reports for yep. JPM? Yes. Okay. Right there where it says research reports and then um, the analyst report right there. You click on that. Okay. Now I am seeing the premium thing. Does that mean I, I need to be a premium member to get the analyst? Uh, for the analyst reports, yes. I believe okay. But not for this little one right here? The PDF I'm about um, to click on? I don't know. I think that is the analyst report. Right. But so do I need so, to be a premium to get this? I don't know. I think so. I think so. Okay. Well, we're showing you something that you need to be a premium, but we're showing it to you anyways, because I do think it's very interesting. Um, and it, it definitely shows the visuals. Now, this chart right here, um, so this brings up the analyst report and it looks like an analyst report. It gives the recommendations, the rank, 
the style scores and gives a little summary of the company, but it does give the price consensus and surprise chart, which this chart is pretty cool, but you can also see it on Zax.com separate out of this analyst report. So you don't necessarily, I don't think you have to have a premium to see this chart on Zax.com. So just FYI on this chart, and this is a really cool chart that combines both my favorite charts, the earnings surprises plus the uh, the earnings consensus. But on on this one, it's a little shrunk down, and it's kind of crazy to read it. I feel on this version. Um, but in a second, I'll show you where it is on Zax.com. But down here, this uh, EPS history uh, little uh, visual is. Um, one of the cool things I feel that is in these analyst reports, right? So why do you like this so much, Derek? Like what, what does this show? Yeah. Like you said, I think it's, it's really, uh, it's really interesting. It pretty much just shows you, um, historical, uh, EPS and sales numbers, um, versus the next two years of estimates. So you'll see the 2023 and 2024 estimates for JP Morgan are kind of like a light green or the bars. And that's because those are still estimates, you know, they haven't uh, finished those years yet, but you can see uh, pretty much, what is that? One, two, three, four, seven years of uh, EPS and sales data. And it kind of, uh, it visualizes it for me too, um, in a way, you know, obviously you want to see these bars trending upward. <laughs> and then of course it kind of uh, shows you some of the problems. Like you can see the earnings fall off in 2020. Um, 2023, you know, supposed to be up pretty high. And then 2024, it's like a little bit of a cool down, but, you know, still well above 2022 numbers. So it just, uh, it gives me a different way of looking at the growth rates. Um, and it just kind of puts it in like a little chart and it shows me and, you know, if it's, if it's going up, that's positive <laughs> for the most part. That's a, an easy way to look at it. And this one is, um, you know, really interesting to me for JP Morgan because everybody's going on and on about how terrible the banks are and, oh, earnings and this and that. Obviously, they're one of the biggest banks and they have investment banking and all these other things that the smaller banks do not have. But um, certain parts of their business are not doing well right now. But on the earnings side or even the sales, it's like the best year of 2023 is it's expected to be the best year in the last six years. Oh yeah, and that's that's another interesting point because you know you would think uh, with all the doom and gloom, you know, J.P. Morgan's supposed to see a sales contraction next year, or you know, or EPS is going down. You, you look at this chart and you kind of uh, you look at those statements in a different way. You know, it's just not nearly as negative because it's still just everything looks good from this chart right here. Um, also, one other little tidbit: if you are in these analyst reports, is this little date um, that I'm circling, kind of with the the thing down at the bottom, it says as of 10-18-2023. So that's the data is as of that date. And so you want to be aware of uh, how recent is the data on these charts because right now we're recording this, we're in earnings season. So if a company you know reported after these dates, this data is going to be not correct. 
So just always be aware of what the dates are for any of the data in these analyst charts. And up here in the middle, it, it does tell you, gives you some of the dates. So the data in the charts and the tables, except for the estimates, is as of October 24th, which is the date that we're recording this. And then the... Um, the ones with number twos, like these charts with the earnings, are as of October 18th. So keep that in mind for any of these that you are looking at on here. Um, okay, so this and is... Tracy, did you want to uh, like cross uh, check that with like the detailed estimates? Just like a, a good way to check to make sure that those okay. charts are accurate. So, um, so you mean if, yeah, um, if I go back on to the, onto the main um, page... Yeah. And this will be, uh, and I know the analyst reports were premium, but this will be a way to uh, non-premium members can also see it. So if you click on that tab right there below Zach's research. Okay. That's on the left-hand side in the like kind of grade section. And it, yeah. it has detailed earnings estimates on there. That's the tab I love. Um, but then you want me to scroll down? Yep. Okay. Scroll down until you start to see the estimates for sales. Yeah. Go up a little bit oh, more. There's Tracy. the sales. Oh, here's yeah, the sales right the there. Earnings. Yeah. And then right here, um, this is just that chart, but visualized pretty much. We're just like in you know, number form. So if you uh, can't access the analyst reports, you can still, uh, you know, come to the detailed earnings uh, estimates page and still, you can pretty much, uh, make a, a chart yourself if you wanted to, because um, this is the numbers that those charts uh, reflect. Right. But it's only giving me 23 and 24 here, but it is showing 23 expected to be up 36% and then 24 down a little bit, down 7.5. Yeah. So you'll miss out on the historical data a little bit, but you still get to see the current yeah. next year. Um, that other chart that was also on there is this one over here, also on the left-hand side under charts on the little gray area, and it's the price consensus and EPS surprise. And if you click on that, that gives you a little bit bigger view. See what I mean? Like this one looks better than the one that's kind of shrunk <laughs> yeah. down in the analyst report thing. At least it's a little more readable to me, but still not quite as clear on the earnings um, scene as that other chart that's actually in the reports. But I like looking at this one as well. So people should check out this one. Okay. Um, let's look at a few others. So that was just JP Morgan. I wanted to look at one of the home builders. So I'm going back up to the quote thing because some of these have reported already Let's look at Lennar, one of the home builders. Uh, they've already reported. They reported in um, September. So that's why I wanted to look at them. So hopefully their earnings estimates aren't as, you know, they're not about to change or anything weird is going on with them. But you can see they're number two. And if we scroll down again to, um, wait, I'm on the detailed estimates. I want the quote view. Um if you scroll down on the quote view, you will see those research reports for LEN. And if you click on that, you're going to get the research report. And again, it looks very, it's the same as JP Morgan, but a lot of data in here, including that price consensus and surprise. And then 
taking a look at these earnings estimates. Uh, this is why I realize you like it, Derek, because you immediately uh, can just see what's going on with any of these companies, especially during the pandemic years, because that's included, but the pre-pandemic years, which is important because we keep hearing, oh, you know, uh, earnings are on the decline or this or that, but a lot of the companies are still well above pre-pandemic levels, including Lennar. Look at Lennar's 2019. They were only around $6 on the earnings and this year expected to make, you know, looks like it's over 13 right there. So yeah, these are super interesting charts. Um, and again, make sure you're paying attention to what this data is down here as of 10, 12, 2013 for this chart data, but they did report earlier. So I'm not too concerned about that, that that's going to be like, you know, a little bit out of date, but as, as you said, right, we should be checking over on Zax.com, right. To, to make sure what's going on with those estimates. Yeah, because those will be uh, pretty much what those charts say. You won't get the historical uh, data, but you still will get the twenty or the current year estimate and the next year estimate as well. So you can check it like uh, like we did with J.P. Morgan. You can check it over um, on the left hand side on those. Well, it's basically the tab that I use almost every day. The detailed earnings estimates on the left, and then scrolling down. It is around 13, it says 1359 here for 2023, 1471 for next year. So not all doom and gloom there. And then get some revisions, but the last 60 or 30 days, because again, they have reported um, a while ago. So this makes sense too for Lennar. Um, okay, um, let's look at a couple more. I think we have to look at the king, right? The one that everybody cares about. NVIDIA, NVIDIA, NVDA. Um, how often are you on this chart, Derek? Uh, too often, pretty much. Uh, uh, what is it now? It's still a number one. Oh, yeah. It's been a number one, I think, since February. What? Really? Since Fe yeah, since February. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it's it's gotten for every single reason why, too. <laughs> the AI hype and everything. Uh I don't think estimates have moved too much recently. Um, yeah, but after their their two guidance lifts, they uh they've been I think the the fiscal year estimates up several hundred percent. Okay, I I'm looking at the agreements on the on the earnings. The last changes were within the last 30 days. So, but they have they have been up a little bit and then we have the 60-day ones. And then, as you said, for the full year, up 221%. But look at this quarterly. Wow, 475% on a quarterly basis for a company that's been around a long time. That's kind <laughs> yeah, of no, crazy. crazy. Even next quarter, 319%. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's the uh, the year-over-year -year growth estimate, too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. No, the fiscal year is especially strong. I mean, even... For next year, I think it's still supposed to be what fifty percent sales growth too. So, I mean, it's it's there. <laughs> and the chart on the analyst report um, is actually really pretty telling of this one too, because it's just uh, two like three or four small little bars, and then the two big <laughs> green bars. They're, they must be massive. 
Let's look. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. We're scrolling down. There's the earnings jumping up like crazy there. Though this is why, you know, there are a lot of doubters about NVIDIA, whether or not they're really going to produce these numbers. And especially going forward. Yeah, it seems, I mean, I think the doubts are warranted. It seems too good to be true, but um, until we really see them not do it, I think we have to believe it pretty much for the most part. Um, the guidance is super strong. Demand is definitely there. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> so that's always fun to look at. Let's look at one that's kind of on the other side. I'm going to stay in this report and because we can just use this quote tab thing up there. And we're going to talk about Nike. NKE is that ticker. And um, you can even see on this price and consensus surprise, it's going the other way, the stock. and But the earnings, they don't look that bad. Let's scroll down. Um, okay, so here's Nike's earnings. Even though the shares are weak, this this is kind of surprising. Look at the sales growth. It's seen sales growth every year since 2020. <laughs> yeah, you would think uh, it's a lot of the gloom and doom for Nike too, especially they face all those you know higher costs and stuff. But I mean, they're still like as you said, they're still growing revenue. I mean, I see. Yeah, both uh, 2024 sales are going to be above 2023, you know, so 2025 looks even stronger growth than 2024. So, you know, maybe their uh, sentiment gets a little too negative at times, I think. And then uh, these charts kind of or little tidbits kind of help you visualize that, you know, maybe things aren't so bad. Right, right. And especially seeing the earnings and the sales charts right on top of each other, both things really visualize for you. Um, especially if you're not really an earnings person, if you're kind of like, eh, earnings can be, you know, co-opted or <laughs> they can, things can be messed around with the earnings, but it's a lot harder to mess around with sales. You either have them or you don't, you know, someone's buying those tennis shoes or they're not. So um, I do like seeing them on, you know, back to back like this. Uh, someone was just talking about Nike and about the woman who worked there who made the swoosh symbol. I don't know what her actual job was, but this was in 1971, and I guess she was paid $35 by Phil Knight. And then later on, I think it was 12 years later, so in the early 1980s, he gave her 500 shares of Nike. And I was just talking about this on Twitter or X the other day with someone, and apparently she's still alive. And she, um, I guess she's never sold any. But, or even if she has, that original 500 shares of Nike in the early 1980s is now worth about $4 million. Oh, man. Yeah, with the dividends yeah, uh, reinvested. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a better payday than the original right. you know, compensation that she got. Right, right. <laughs> You're definitely going to see a story yeah. in the happy way there. Yeah. And I feel like the... Um, the investment calculator on their website is one of the best I've seen, just FYI for Nike shareholders. It only goes back to 1995, however. So if you want to look further back, like her shares, that's why I was on there because I was trying to find out what her shares were worth. You can't really do it. But I, I still ran it from 1995 and it still gave a, you know, a tremendous return in all of those years. I think it with dividends reinvested, it was a little over 14% annualized and that was beating the S&P 500. And you can compare it to the various different 
uh, indexes on there too. And it gives you all the details with the dividends or without the dividends. It gives you a nice chart. It's like fantastic. Whoever, whoever put that together on the Nike website, it's like far better than, you know, the ones I've seen on Microsoft or, you know, any of the other ones, because usually they don't include the dividend or give you the option to have it in reinvested or not. Like it gave us both things. So that was just tremendous. Just FYI, you might want to go, if you are a Nike shareholder, go check it out. I've never noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. You can always find it on the IR pages on the investment relations page. I usually put in, I just Google like, you know, Nike investment calculator to see if they even have one. And then sure enough, it came up and I was like, Ooh, they do. So some of these older companies, they definitely like to have the investment calculators on there. But the Nike one was far superior to other ones I've seen. Um, okay, let's look at one more stock in this analyst report. And it's in kind of similar category as Nike, but uh, a little bit more in investor favor. It's Lululemon. And this one is a number two buy. And I own this in my own personal portfolio. So this is interesting to me. The price and consensus chart, again, one of my favorites. And you can see um, a little bit clearer on this one because the estimates just keep going up for the earnings. So I'm expecting the chart to look pretty good. And it does. Wow. Um, this is what you want to see as an investor. But this is this is growth. It is a growth company. And it, it hasn't been around as long as Nike. Nike, And so it's uh, still on this big growth trajectory, both on earnings, which are up every year with a little bit decline there in 2021, though. And then it's still off to the races again. I'm not sure what happened in 2021 other than, obviously, a global pandemic. Um, but that could have been China being, you know, uh, on more on lockdown. It could have been Europe. It could have been the U.S. Supply chain issues, all of that, because you can see sales were up a bit in 2021. So, yeah. What does this, uh, you know, when you see a chart that looks like this, um, what else do you tend to look at? Derek, like, oh, you know, everything is going real well, obviously, from th just these two data points. But is there anything else? Um, you know, you obviously are going back to the regular page to look at the detailed estimates. But are you are you looking at like the Zach's rank and all of that along with it or the style scores or or is this enough is looking at those, you know, that data enough for you? See, I like to, yeah, I like to start with the earnings and the sales because that just, uh, you know, tells me if earnings are going up, you know, sales are going up. That kind of just gives me a big picture view. But yeah, that the rank is very important because, you know, if it's a one or two, that tells me, you know, it's enjoyed positive revisions, which, you know, commonly follow through to share price. And like Lulu shares in particular, they've been on a tear for a while now. And uh, I want to say it's been a Zach's one or two for a while, too. And so like right there on the price and consensus chart, you can see, you know, estimates still rising and it's uh, it kind of overlays with the share performance. But yeah, the style score is also important for me too. Um, whenever I screen, I like to normally screen for the VGM score of a B or a better. Um, but in these high growth names, of course, like Lulu, uh, the value score kind of gets a little less important because it's just, you know, 
we're looking for growth, but you can see right there, it's, you know, an A for growth, B for momentum. So it kind of just, uh, I think the style scores are kind of differentiate investors, you know, obviously their style is what they want to do. You know, people who want to play the hot beta names got a Lulu. And then if you don't just don't look for the F value, look for an A value for like, you know, more conservative. Yeah, for value investors, Lulu just isn't isn't there right now. It does have the value score of an F, but no one should be surprised. It has been an expensive stack for numerous years. I'm sure some might be wondering, hey, Tracy, how are you in it if you were the value investor? But um, a couple of years ago, I, I did buy pre-pandemic into Lulu because... It was kind of one of those, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And I just really like the product and the company. And uh, I don't remember if I bought on a dip even, maybe, I don't remember. But I did think that the growth was going to be there for quite a number of years. And I, I did feel like it was a, um, a good buy at the level that I bought it at. So, um, I, you know, everything can change. And I, nobody expected to get a pandemic for any of these retailers either, but Lulu did manage pretty well during the pandemic, given their global footprint. So I was impressed by that. Um, okay. So I do encourage people to go to the Zach's website, check it for yourself, look around. Um, even if you can't access these analyst reports because you're not a premium, there are, as we've already just shown you today, a lot of areas you can access and get all this data because that's what Zax is all about. We have the earnings estimates data and you know our, our tagline is our research, your success. We have a lot of areas where you can research these stocks. And so I encourage you to check it out, check out our charts, check out the earnings surprise charts. I post a lot of those on my Twitter account and I do earnings all-stars videos during earnings season that showcase a lot of those. And then also look at those price and consensus. Those are, you can look at separately from even the combined one, which is the price consensus and surprise chart. Uh, that's a cool one too, the combined one. But if you get distracted by all those arrows and whatnot on there, you can always just look at the price and consensus too to get some visuals if you can't look at the analyst report because you're not a premium. But check out those screens too, the, those basic screens, or just use the screening tool. A lot is available there for free as well. And, um, you know, those predefined screens are where it's at. So I do like to click on and look and see what those are generating all the time. And there are quite a number there. There were, you know, well over 10 of those basic uh, screens that are there. And then check out the sector uh, ranks that are on Zax.com that we showed you with the heat maps. And you can also drill down deeper into those industries and find out even more like which industries are at the top, you know, 50% of the industry rank, because that would normally indicate that the analysts are raising estimates there. And that's what you want. You want estimates to be on the rise. That's the whole point of the Zach's rank. And maybe we should do a whole podcast, Derek, on the, the number fives, the strong cells at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, essentially just the opposite of a uh, Zach's rank number one. Right. Uh, but just, occasionally- uh, No good revisions. Yeah, right. They're, they're cutting everything. But I have found some hidden gems 
strangely enough, in the number fives, right? Haven't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I've definitely seen some fours or fives where I'm like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's not a four or five, right? But, you know, right. But no, for sure. Right. And the Zach's rank is, uh, can change daily, as I mentioned earlier. So, you know, there's no given sure things that just because it's a strong buy means it'll always be a strong buy, can change tomorrow. And the most common rank is a number three, which is just the holds. There's nothing wrong with the number threes. That's, you know, the biggest chunk of all the stocks that the rank covers. It's 80% of all the stocks. So, you know, mostly most companies are ultimately going to just fall into the number three category at some point um, throughout the year. But some of these, like in NVIDIA, those earnings estimates are just keep being raised and it's just, uh, you know, too much agreement that something good is going on there. So it's keeping that Zach's number one rank. Another interesting tidbit, Derek, before we go, I wonder what the longest time period a stock has been a number one rank because it is a short term recommendation. Yeah, no, it's a one to three months. So it's a, that's honestly a great question. Like, um, I know that NVIDIA has been there since like February because I check it out a lot. Um, I want to say Elf Beauty last year. Um, that was a one for a long time as well. Um, but other than those two, I can't quite remember. ELF. Yeah, you're the right. They kept beating and raising yeah. every quarter. Elf. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Lulu. Actually, it's kind of you know, a common business, but it's like a you know super high growth and they were... Yeah, on the beauty number side. Number one for a while. Yeah. But other than those two, I can't really remember some long-standing number ones and twos. I don't know. It takes a lot. It is. It literally does take like a beat and a raise, like numerous quarters, like for years. Which who does that? Exactly. Very few. Other than Nvidia. Maybe we'll see maybe. if Nvidia can <laughs> yeah. keep it up. I don't know. Um, maybe we'll have to do a whole show on you know the the all stars of the sex rank. <laughs> Ah, okay, let's recap the stocks. Uh, we talked about JP Morgan. JPM is the ticker there. We talked about Lennar on the home building side, but we're going to hear from a lot more home builders during the earnings season. So be sure to check in periodically with the home builders uh, as they report because some are in the fiscal year, some aren't, and you get reports at various times and things are changing with those mortgage rates jumping up to 8% again. So, or now, now they're at eight. Uh, so that's going to change maybe parts of their business. So keep that in mind. But Lenar, L-E-N, we talked about NVIDIA, N-V-D-A. We talked about Nike, N uh, N-K-E is the ticker there. And then Lulu on the flip side of Nike, but kind of in the same area to in some areas. And Lulu, L-U-L-U is the ticker. And you want to be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the Market Edge because who knows what we're going to talk about next. Um, but it's going to be something interesting and useful, hopefully. And we will include stocks. So be sure to get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Amazon Music. We're on SoundCloud. You can get us on YouTube. You can uh, look up Zach's podcasts on YouTube or get the video podcast on YouTube at Zach's.com slash YouTube. That's our regular YouTube video page and you'll see the video podcast there. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week on The Market Edge. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.